Welcome, my friends. Welcome. It is the time of the week you've anxiously been awaiting. It is time for the most moving, most driven, most psychopath, no, <laughs> uh, most interesting, entertaining, and informative two hours of your life. It's called What's Your Point? And we are live at Cutter Cigar Emporium in exciting Alpharetta, Georgia, where it is a brisk 52 degrees with a bright sun, about a six-knot wind out of the northeast. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. I just recently, I mean, within the last 45 minutes, I was with the soup Nazi, Larry Thomas, from the famous Seinfeld comedy show. And uh, we did a great show with him. And uh, kind of an engaging guy, a warm and kind of fuzzy guy. Uh, well, tell everybody when they can hear that so that they know yes. what you're talking about. Yes, we will. that show will air on January the 23rd and 24th on AM 1160, the talk of the town and uh, right here in Atlanta, and you will be able to pick it up on iTunes and Podbean. So all around the world, you'll be able to hear it on the 24th because it takes me a day to get it uploaded. Well, it doesn't take me. It takes my wife, the beast. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what, yes. what, what hardware are you familiar with? <laughs> well, uh, well, the bottle opener, <laughs> the, uh, when it comes to hardware, that's about all I'm, I'm really familiar with. But anyway, uh, we have another show called Chef and the Fat Man, not the Greek and I. But uh, Chef Eric and I, and uh, it's uh, now in its 15th season. It just, uh, it'll be the 15th season as of January 16th. So next week will be, or this weekend will be our Your anniversary show. Yeah, our anniversary show. We're kind of excited about it. Um, and, of course, it's our anniversary for What's Your Point? And uh, Greek is with me today, as he is every week. Uh, he's been the one constant. I think he missed one day because of weather. Yes, and you and guys gave me a hard time on that. For not until the 4th of, of July, yeah, I well, was hearing about it. Yeah, well, people, people don't realize what Atlanta's like when we have ice here. You just have to mention the word, and people, they, they head for the hills. And I wasn't going to make the trek up 400 on And I day. don't blame you. No. I don't blame you. But uh, that's the only time you've ever missed. And uh, Eric is more like the Haley's Comet of this show. Yeah, he drops <laughs> in about every, what, every 750 years. Yeah. But uh, Chef Eric, of course, or Eric Holdo is – in San Diego this week for a big convention and his job that pays, That's which is tough. different than uh, Chef and a Fat Man and What's Your Point. But uh, see, Greek, this is a nice thing. We don't care about that. We're more, we're more concerned about getting the information out and making people smarter voters. We and, hope. Yeah. Well, we certainly we hope. hope. I, I went to a Tea Party meeting last night. Oh, you did? Do we, uh, is that where you watched the, the speech? Uh, no. Are you kidding? The Tea Party would no more listen to the State of the Union of Barack Obama than well, they see, would to uh, to run a uh, a rally for Bernie Sanders. Well, see, here's the thing, and maybe we'll disagree on this, but I I think you have to re respect the tradition and respect the office, and it, and it it is it is a national event. Whenever the president, oh, it was an event. I I, I think that uh, you know it's something that I look forward to every year. I just to me, okay, first of all. We don't even want to go down the litany of things that he's promised. There was a list, I think, the last list I saw was 140 promises he made in his uh, eight inaugural dresses, and uh, 140 he made and did not keep. I mean, the litany goes on and on. And basically what it is, for those of you who have never seen one, it is a, basically a sit-around, and uh, everybody claps like trained seals in the audience, and they, uh, the president usually has a guest up there in the, in the uh, next to next to the wife of the president they usually have a guest or two and of course he had a wide array of guests that yeah. covered every every kind of uh, uh thing you could possibly want did but you, did you watch any of the speech did uh, i watched excerpts i refused to watch the whole thing i i was curious um 
who was the woman who shouted out, who stood up and shouted out fairly early in the speech? Did uh, not see fem- that. Female congressperson. Yes. Get that right, uh, congresswoman. But um, I, I just, I think, I think the, the traditions and, and, and the way they, the people are called into the room. Yeah. The, the, the order in which peop- the different members come in, the f- seating of the Supreme Court. Uh, only six members were there last night. Uh, three uh, did not come. And the, the three most conservative were the ones that didn't come. Well, Imagine. and uh, Ted Cruz didn't go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's understandable, though. I mean, it's the state of the union. He's out. He's in a tough campaign. He's got a lot of ground to make up. And quite frankly, uh, whether he's sitting there in Washington, D.C., clapping like a seal, or whether he's out on the campaign trail pounding the street, which he needs to do, I have no I, problem I don't with recall that. seeing them put the camera on Rand Paul either. I don't know if Rand Paul was Rubio there. I don't. He probably well, He never shows up to Washington I, for anything I, I, You know what? Anymore. I don't think any of them. I don't think all three of them were, were not there. Well, you know what? And I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with, with people, especially people of good conscience, that, that because this, this presidency more than any that I have seen in my lifetime, and I've been through, yes, I remember JFK. I remember Lyndon Baines Johnson. You know, I remember Hubert Humphrey. I, I remember all these guys and, and these characters went through Richard Nixon. Of course, I worked for Nixon on both his campaigns. Um, yeah, I worked for Reagan on both of his campaigns. You're showing your age. If you 68, that was the first campaign for Nixon. Mm-hmm. Jeez, how old were you then? Yeah, I was. You were like 15. 12. <laughs> what what I you? did was what I did was I handed out campaign stuffed literature. Stuffed envelopes and stuff. Yeah, and I, I stuffed envelopes and I put in yard signs at 12 That's years what old. I did when I was 16 for, and, for uh, Reagan. Yeah, and so for Reagan, of course, I did a lot more than that. I debated for Reagan. At a major debate between Jeb Bush and John Anderson and myself. You were and in the military by the time he No. Was, no? When did no. you go in? I went in in uh, 75. So, yeah, by the time Reagan was, was... 80. Yeah. yeah so, so you I were out there. by then. Yeah, what? I was I was there for his... I was in back home in DeKalb in 80. Okay. And uh, was going to Kishwaukee Community College where I got my two associate degrees in two years. But anyway, so, I mean, I... I'll tell you what, I, I, I couldn't listen to it. The, the parts that I listened to were absolutely nauseating. He's got a, um, he's got a separate uh, visualization of what his presidency has been. <laughs> <laughs> Different. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that he brought up the great accomplishment of the nuclear arms deal with Iran when they were holding our, did, our and our he did not sa- mention no. and he said they they said before the uh, speech that he was not going to oh, cool. why would he well it doesn't look very good to, yeah to the president's going to talk about his accomplishments with iraq or iran and iran just seized 10 of our sailors oh well including one female sailor i believe <coughs> there's so a they great made accomplishment. Wear a, uh, they made wear a head covering when they when they took her in but um he you know he 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 spoke uh fairly at length about um, Obamacare and the fact that we have 18 million people now covered who weren't covered before, which is a, a lie, a, an absolute lie. It, 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 18 million is a stretch if you include the people who lost health care and had to re, yeah. uh, you know, come up it and, ain't and even sign close. up for new policies. Um, I'm in that boat right now. I'm looking for a new insurance policy because effective January, December 31st, Mine ended. They're not offering the policy that I had before. So I'm shopping. I have till I guess, the 31st of this month. And you'll end up paying more. I, I can't imagine paying more. I, I'm paying, I was paying $555 a month for an individual policy under the old policy. And it had gone up 38% in the last year. And it had gone up about 20% the year before that. I, if you go back to like 20, the end of 2013, 
uh, over a two-year window between I, I, I was paying around 320 at the end of 2013. By the end of 2015, it had gone up to 555, and now they're not going to offer it. Comparable policies that I've seen out on the web are probably going to be over six. Well, you know, um, and not only that, but you're, you're, you wait till you see what your deductibles are. Well, I do have prenatal care, though. Oh, well, that's good. Prenatal care is absolutely critical. I mean, for every single male, prenatal care is something that uh, it's like, you know what? I don't believe, and I'm sorry, if you don't have children, I don't believe you should have to pay the taxes for public schools. I don't. Well, I, I, understand, the, I understand the logic behind it, but I just don't agree with it. They give a break in some communities. Uh, in Hilton Head, South Carolina, if you're over 65 and you're a permanent resident of the island, you don't have to pay property. Uh, you don't have to pay the school portion of the property tax. Um, but you have to be able to prove that you live there, I, I believe, 183 days. And very well, here's the thing about the house. State of the Union. Okay, what's he going to talk about? He talks about the economy. The, the economy is horrible. <laughs> People are $2,000 less per average on their paychecks than they were when he started. The economy, the, well, yeah, but we got these great job numbers. No, the job numbers are great because of all the people that have dropped out. And, if you and look the people at the, who are underemployed or, or working two jobs. Yeah, and that's the, that's the dirty catch. That's what well, makes it sound so good because it's all, and a lot of them are service-related jobs. And you know that 50% of the new jobs have gone to aliens, illegal aliens, or alien, non-U.S. citizens have 50% of the new jobs. So how, good, how is that good for America? It's not. Well, I, th I think that you, you ask any person on the street what the state of the economy is, and, and that's a much more accurate barometer than what you're being told. Yeah, from uh, the CBO or from, from Washington. Sure, uh, because they're going to make the policies of the current administration, the administration in power, look good, no matter how they have to juggle the numbers to do it. But you just go out there and you get a pulse of the people, and, and you know that this has been a jobless recovery, and you know that with the Treasury pumping $85 billion a, a month into the economy to buy mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, that this is just a house of cards waiting to implode. And look at the debt. My God, that's, the that's, debt that's, is that's, staggering. And uh, we have two Democratic candidates right now who are promising to double what we've already seen doubled in the last seven years. We're, we could be looking at a $40 trillion deficit by the end of, uh, of a Clinton or a Sanders administration. $40 trillion. That's a hole we can't get, dig ourselves out of. And, and, and at that point, you become, you become what, what we're seeing in Europe and particularly Greece. You, you, just, you become a country that cannot no longer sustain itself. So let's just tick off the economy, the debt, military, race relations, medical care. Okay, so we've covered the economy. That's a negative. Okay, a big negative. Okay, the debt, a huge negative. Okay, military, a disaster. Uh, we have turned our military into the greatest social experiment Outside of the Europe, outside of the Europeans, and even the Europeans aren't doing it as crazy as we are. And we're 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 trying to force the military to be what they're not. We're taking away the arms. We're taking away the R and D. We're taking away. I mean, we've got less. We've got less ships than we've ever had since I think World War One. We've got less. I mean, we're still flying well, B fifty two bombers from well, the nineteen fifties. Well, they they do they do serve their purpose. I'm not so sure I'm, I'd be in in favor of. A mothballing a, a weapon system like that <clears throat> and but um the problem that i see is that if you even just look at something like the space program mm -hmm. 
a lot of your military hardware program. ultimately comes out of something like a space program. A lot of your other tech, I mean, it, it has a trickle-down sure. effect for, for all types of technology. We're not investing in that anymore. And and the, the, the science that went along with the space program in the 60s was probably, it was probably the most exciting time in my life. Uh, maybe because I was ex enthusiastic because I was a kid and space was, was kind of a, of a neat thing. But, but it truly was for all Americans to see the accomplishment in, in one short decade of going from simply orbiting the planet to landing on the moon. Uh, that, that, that's, that's just a tremendous feat for... for we, need, we, need another, we need another program where we as Americans can gather together and have something to strive for. That's what I thought Kennedy did so great. We will be to the moon and back, uh, you know, by the end of the decade. We need something like that, and Mars is obviously something well, we could look I, at. I saw an article on the Internet just this past week that the technology, at least in theory, has been uh, put out there that, that we, could, we have the propulsion designs now that could get us to Mars in 10 weeks. But wouldn't it be great if a president were to say, I challenge our science, I challenge our technology, I challenge our country to go to, to Mars and build a colony by the time to establish this, yeah, like a space station or something right i mean that would be such a that was such a great thing and see i can support democrats when democrats have something really meaty and positive to bring to the table i was in in great i was in support of the uh of the uh civil rights act of 64 or 65 whichever way you want to call it but that was a great act neither i nor the democrats could could really foresee the unintended consequences. And that's what's so dangerous anytime you do sweeping legislation like that. Um, it, it's always the unintended ca consequences that get you. So in the military, it's a no. Race relations, according to Pew Research, we are further apart. We are 30% of 30% more people think we're further apart than we were uh, back when he took office. And it's easy to see why you, you, the, the litany of issues, the attack of the of the police uh, by the DOJ the um, the the support for organizations that are that, that tend to be radical, and I'm not for any radical organization. I don't think I don't think any radical organization on either side. If you want to peacefully protest, knock yourself out. That's what makes this country great. I'm all about it. So race relations is a definite no. Medical care, please. And how about immigration? We didn't even talk it, immigration. You, a disaster. You didn't talk about terrorism. Yeah, there we go. Uh, in the Middle East. It, which is on fire right now compared to where it was when he took office and he went on his apology tour. So tell me, Greek, if you're going to listen to a state, and yet if you were to listen to it and you were from Mars, we choose Mars because that's where we're trying to get to, but if you choose Mars and you didn't know anything that had happened in this country in the last seven years, if you had not seen anything and you listened to that speech, you would have thought every single one of those things was a winner. You would have thought that we were talking about America in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, just, and, 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 his innate ability, he's, an, he's, he's great with a teleprompter. He's great at preaching. He's, he, is he started out the speech last night great. I, I thought that uh, he, he had a sense of humor, mm -hmm. and he was relaxed. But uh, once he got into the meat of ta basically patting himself on the back for 59 minutes, that um, it, it just fell apart. There because was an people article. look there and they say, I mm. wish I could, and, and I'll try to find it throughout the show. There was an article... Uh, a lady sent in the criterion for narcissism. <laughs> and, oh, my God, she put like nine points down there. 
And at the end, she said, what leading political figure do you think fits this to a T? I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was like incredible. I would like to know how many times he said the word I. I'm sure you can find that on the Internet somewhere today. Yeah. I uh, mean, look. no president has said the word I more than this president. I mean, it's gotten so much now they count them. They're so obvious. And the great thing now, whether you liked Reagan or not, I don't care what you say about the man. He was a great president. He was great for our time. Probably one of the greatest presidents. <coughs> Historically, <coughs> top two or three. By, by the vote of the people and by many historians. Um, well, I think if, if you look at what he accomplished, when, when if you just go back to the previous administration, uh, younger people aren't going to believe this, but if you go back to 1976 and you look at 76 huh. through 80 and what most experts were saying with regard to the Soviet Union, they were beating us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that we just were, were locked in a, in a dead heat with them. They were actually beating us. And I can remember so many articles, particularly in Time magazine, I remember, where they showed a chart of the d- disparity in military equipment and personnel and how many more tanks and how many more planes that uh, the Soviet Union had over us and what an, a military advantage they had. And, and they were really feeling their muscles at that time. Uh, and for, for that to have been changed, completely changed, turned around, and then to be able to have really dismantled the Soviet Union. It didn't fall apart, of course, till after he, he left office. But let's face it, I mean, anyone, even George Bush Sr. would agree that it was Ronald Reagan's hand that dismantled the Soviet Union. And, and that was huge. But not only that, but we for were— For people all over the world. We were coming out of the malaise, and, and that was what historians call the malaise of Jimmy Carter. Um, nice guy, overwhelmed. Well, he, he talked in, in, in terms of having to accept mediocrity as just an inevitable condition that, that America was going to have to get used to. And I hear a little bit of that in Barack Obama, that we're not going to be the great power that we once were. And that's okay. We can take a step back, and we can, we can be part of the world why, community. Why Someone is always going to lead the way. So there, there's always going to be one top dog. And why not be it? Why? I, well, because he believes we are the colonialist power that was we the need devastation s- of humanity over the last 150 years. That we need to be somehow punished for our misdeeds. And instead our misdeeds of were World War II, Korea. Our misdeeds were World War One. Our misdeeds were we helped all these countries. We saved Europe twice. And then we turned, we turned Japan back to the Japanese. We turned the Germany back to the Germans. So not only did we conquer and devastate, we returned the countries to their, to their righteous self-rule. We got rid of Saddam Hussein. I mean, there's a lot of great things that have happened in this country that we have no reason to, to despair. You can, you can point just to the wealth around the world and, mm-hmm. and see how it ties into our, our success and, and our prosperity. Even if you want to talk about the wealth in the Middle East. That's directly tied to the economy of the United States. If, if we weren't pumping out millions and millions of cars and had a need for that oil, wh- where would those economies be? Right. And so that's... Who, re- who rebuilt the world after World War II? The United States. You know, uh, we rebuilt our enemies. Uh, Japan's yes. one of our strongest allies now. We decimated <coughs> their economy. We decimated their industry. And, and, and to, to the temporary peril of our own industry because as a car nut you know Uh i've I've studied the car industry quite a bit and when after world war ii when we rebuilt the japanese industry particularly their auto industry we were building factories in terms of 1950s technology 1960s technology where much of the big three factories were still operating 
in 1930s technology. Robotics was pioneered in Japanese assembly plants. They were able to produce better cars than we were able to produce because we rebuilt their factories to better standards than our own. And a huge portion of the Japanese prosperity that, that they realized in the 70s and 80s was due to what we, the foundation we laid for them when we rebuilt their country. Well, there's a lot that this country has to be proud of. And, yes, we had problems. We've had problems. There was a problems with the Indians. We had problems with slavery. We had problems that every country goes through. But unlike a lot of other countries that continue to have those issues, we do not. And we have done more to try to correct things in a quicker amount of time than any of the other countries that I can think of. Well, we, we ended slavery in this country before they ended it on the continent of Africa. Yeah. And they're still combating it down there. Yeah, they've still got slavery down there. Absolutely. I mean, so for all of our faults, it's still the greatest country on earth. And I know, and I absolutely know, that there are people that, that look at this. Uh, for instance, you know, Monday, they had the, uh, what was that fiasco that they had? They called it the um, black and brown Oh, the, the, the yeah, the brown and the Iowa brown and black conference. forum on fusion. That's where Hillary um, basically pandered uh, by comparing uh, white extremists in this country to ISIS. Absolutely insane, absolutely insane, and she gets away with this. She's got to be the most pathetic panderer I've ever seen on the national stage. And now she's losing in New Hampshire and in Iowa to Bernie Sanders. What happens if she loses both of those contests? Does it snowball? Do, mm -hmm. Does all, do, do all of a sudden do people in, in places like South Carolina, which will come up right on the heels of New Hampshire, do those people start thinking, well, you know what? I was going to vote for her, but now this other guy has won twice, and, and maybe he can he can win. Maybe he can get the nomination. And, and I think there's a lot of people holding their nose and voting for her right now. Same thing, the same thing happened early on in 2008. A lot of her early support, I think, were people holding their nose. If, if, if Sanders can get a foothold in there, then I think it's going to free up some votes. And, and people are going to say, well, you know what? We do have a viable option and, and, and throw their support to him. I'm, I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm reading right now. Well, you heard he's going to dissolve all the banks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy is such a kook. I mean, he goes beyond. Hillary is a narcissistic liar. And Bernie Sanders is an old communist socialist kook. That I mean, those are your two choices. Both of them <laughs> or both are Mr. Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But outside of Baltimore, nobody still knows who he is. We need to talk about, uh, and I want to get your input on this. Is there still a chance that Biden runs after the comments he made last week? Oh, yeah, he was very, you know, he says, oh, I look back on it now. You know why he didn't run? Because he didn't think Hillary was going to be in as much trouble as she is. Of course he's going to say that now. It was easy. You know, that's like the guy that says, you know what? Uh, gee, I could have won the election if I just stayed in there. Well, at the end of the election, it's a little difficult for you to say when the other guy loses. It, you know, it, uh, listen, do Hillary. They, do they drag him in? Um, too late. Too late. I don't know. You know because look, Joe has kept Well, it may, it may be too late for him to win, but look yeah. what happened with Humphrey after uh, Rob, uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. He, I think that he, he, was, he was killed in, I believe it was June of 68. The convention was in August. That was different. That was different. Well, this is a you know, this could be a, a an assassination or a death. I'll tell you what, Hillary. It just keeps getting uglier and uglier for her. now. The feds, in case you haven't seen the latest, now the feds are tying, are looking at the tie-in between the Clinton Foundation, accepting favors while she was in 
and money exchanging while she was Secretary of State. That's number one. Number two, they've got what I consider probably the biggest smoking gun by far. They actually have an email where she's telling one of her aides to declassify it, make, turn it into paper, take off the heading and send it to me, knowing darn well it was classified and shouldn't go to an unsecured server. She is sent an email telling her aide how to do I, it. I think the term that was used in the email was scrub the heading and send it unsecured. Un, uh, I mean, there it is. That in and, is, in and of itself is a felony. That is a f directing your people to break the law. I mean, now, if they did it, then it absolutely broke the law. It broke the law of common sense. It, I mean, this, chief, this keeps going down What I haven't the seen, road. though, do they have a follow-up email with the information she requested coming through? I, not, not yet, but see, once again, they're parsing out the emails. Why are so, they you know, doing that, do you think? Why, why is it coming out? Because they're trying to hold on in desperation. They're trying to hold on. But if w wouldn't those two emails go hand in hand? Wouldn't they release them at the same time? No, because as long as the other one isn't released, they can sit there and say, look, she might have directed him to do so, but that doesn't mean that they did it. And as long as they didn't do it, technically it's not against the law. So it's like every other thing with the Clintons. It's one scandal after another. It's the 50 times I, you know, uh, I plead the fifth. It's, but it's the longer they wait... I think the the more they hurt their chances because after a while people get tired of hearing it. If you've got something, now's the time to release it. Do you it. know what makes this country great? What makes this country great is guys like the gentleman that's getting ready to plug in his his, his iPad over there. Or is, what is that, an Apple, Jay? Yes, sir. Yeah, of course. You always stay on the cutting edge of, of – uh, if you got a few minutes, could you join us? Absolutely. I would love to get your opinion. Jay is one of those guys. He and I are probably – as different as night and day in our politics. We are completely opposite, but we have had some of the most engaging, wonderful, right there at the end, give you your own microphone. Um, first of all, introduce yourself, Jay. Tell a little bit about your business. Okay. <coughs> uh, can you hear me good, guys? Yep, yep, gotcha. All right. Uh, well, first off, thank you, Colonel, for having me uh, uh, sit down and join the show, say a few words. My name is Jay Austin, and I am the co-founder of jaustinbowties.com. Uh, avid uh, cigar smoker. Uh, I really like Cutter cigars because, like you said, it brings together the whole mix, the whole gamut of different people, different ideas, and uh, different views. So happy to be here. And and you know, you you are the epitome of the bow tie life. Well, thank you. I mean, tell them what the, tell everybody what the bow tie life is. I think that's cool. You know, the bow tie life to me is uh, somebody who has been around the block a time or two, and has made a conscious decision to uh, enjoy life. One day at a time, one minute at a time. And for a guy who's 25 years old, how could you have been around the block all that many times? You know, uh, <laughs> you have to take 25 and multiply uh, that. No, 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 listen. <laughs> There's a multiplier there. And, and That's your metric some, age. <laughs> exactly. You know, the great thing, as Jay mentioned, the great thing about Cutter Cigar Emporium where we are today is it's a, it's, it's a we call it the portal to the world, the world of great times, the world of great cigars, and the world of friends you have yet to meet. Absolutely. And, of course, now the world of great social lubrication, which is, uh, which is a good thing. Absolutely. But Jay and I met here at Cutter's, right. and I was, I was in awe of his style, and it's the bow tie lifestyle. The very first time I saw him, I said, that man's got it going on. <laughs> and as we got to know each other more and more and engage in conversations, I found out that we were really from really totally opposite perspectives. But we never have once not had an engaging 
fun, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's, it's here in the store. We always, always, always have intelligent, articulate discussions presenting both of our sides. So I thought this was especially great today. Now, I don't know if you heard our, our commentary about the State of the Union. What was your thoughts, Jay? Did you get a chance to see it last night? You know, uh, I'm, a, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't. Uh, on the social media side, mm -hmm. uh, some, some things were posted. You're so busy. And, and that's my, my father, um, I, if he's listening or not listening, since I was probably five years old, that was a commandment in our house. Mm -hmm. uh, I am the son of a, a retired master chief. Uh, uh, I did not know that. I didn't and know that. He, a goat. He, I, I felt like I did 20 years because that's when he raised the house. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, but I'm sad to say that I did not uh, catch the uh, the address in its entirety, and I will. I did see, if I, if I could just throw it out there. Yeah, I, sure. I, I did see a few things uh, from some people that I respect to include the uh, dean of the Emory uh, uh, MBA program. is a friend of mine. Oh, awesome. Uh, he, he, he posts some things on Facebook today, uh, little snippets that I thought were uh, – Interesting, to say the least. Now, what is your take on the, the, the core issues? Uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we have gone back and forth on Facebook on, on almost all the major issues. But let's talk about um, immigration. Okay, now there's a lot, especially my friends on the left, they want to say just because uh, Ted Cruz wants to, to uh, he demands more legal immigration for those who are here illegally they got to go home do you consider that cruel or what's your take on immigration well uh being from southern california uh -huh. uh, i'm from uh the los angeles area uh i'm i'm I, i've been exposed to the latin culture or what some say just the, the mexicans mm -hmm. um again being a grown-up a navy dependent I know what it's like to live overseas uh -huh. and and be a foreigner in another country, so I think uh, I think that the the path to citizenship is a is a good place to start. But uh, in any country, if if I decided right now to move to Timbuktu, um, there is I can't just go to Timbuktu, no. pitch a tent, and say, hey, I'm part of your society because. I haven't been uh, acclimated. I don't know the customs. I don't know the rules. So I, I do think that uh, the, having a path is okay, but I think there need to be clearly defined channels if you want to come to America, period. And, and uh, it doesn't surprise me, Jay, because a lot of the times we do agree oh, on yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but immigration is a – illegal immigration is a humongous problem right now. I blame the Republicans as much as I blame the Democrats for the H-1B uh, visas that are just crushing us. And it, it, it bothers me. I, I heard a, a clip last night where a lady showed, uh, an Islamic lady, uh, showed up at a Ted Cruz. Oh, it's, yeah, was it an Islamic or, or, or Mexican? I, I, think, I think it was no, me was, Mexican. Was, no, the one that I remember had a, had a headdress on. Well, anyway, she said, you know, I'm 30 years old. Um, would you, if you, I'm here illegally. So if you were president of the United States, would you deport me? And he said quite clearly, young lady, I appreciate the fact that you're here, but we have laws and we have rules and we have laws that are not as tough as Mexico, as France, as some of these other countries. You go there, 
and you're caught, you leave Absolutely. immediately if you're not jailed first. Absolutely. And he said, so my answer to you would be, yes, go home, do it the right way, and then, and then when you come back, you can be a vital part of this great country. And, oh, my God, he got eviscerated for that. You know, he got, well, he's, he's uncaring, he's, he's Stalinistic, uh, yada, yada, yada. And, Greek, I know you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, and, and Jay, Jay's been waxed quite eloquent about it. There, there are laws, and we don't need new laws. We just need to enforce the laws we have now. And I know you're passionate about well, that. Well, I think what happens, you can, you can have a snowball effect down the road. If, if you have one or two people violating a law and it's not affecting the life and the livelihood of millions of others, it tends to look the other way. But when you have millions of people violating laws, at some point, people who are respecting the law will become frustrated, and then you have to be concerned with what laws they're going to choose right. to ignore. And what if you had a massive movement of millions of people that said, you know what, as long as they're turning a blind eye to illegal immigration, mm -hmm. we're going to turn a blind eye to taxation. Yeah. We're going to turn a, black, uh, a blind eye to um, civil obedience. Right. Uh, peaceably assembling as opposed to more violent. Assembly. And we're so lucky to have Jay Austin with us today. Jay has, Jay's in here a lot on Wednesdays when we're here, but he's so engaged and he's got so many things going on. And I asked him the last time if he could share some time with us, and he said he'd love to because I, I really, this microphone is not a microphone for people who necessarily want to agree with us. Right. I want it's more my, the other way. Yeah, we want people, it's a free microphone, and there aren't many shows that you can go on today on any medium where a person from the absolute opposite end of the spectrum can come down and sit down and exchange your views in calm and very... Now, Jay, another issue why we've got you, and just raise your hand when you need five minutes to get away, because okay. I, I, I'll keep you as long as you want to, because I love, I love talking with you. Likewise. Um, the thing going out in Oregon right now, that's, a, that's, that's an issue that's, that's got a lot of attention. And I went to a Tea Party meeting last night. Go figure. Uh. The fat man at a Tea Party <laughs> meeting. Yeah, you know, the colonel at a Tea Party meeting. I know that shocks you, Jay. Not you. <laughs> no, nah, not me. But, but what they did was they, they had a lady there who was speaking very eloquently about all the, all the history behind what happened out there. And I'll give you my perspective, and then you share with the audience your perspective, if it's the same or whatever. Basically, what's happened is the government has made a huge land grab. They, if you look at the Constitution, really the federal government is allowed to have very little land. They have 10, 10 miles around Washington, D.C., because obviously it's, it's the issue. capital. And they're allowed to have a little bit more land, and basically that's it. But right now they control 28% of the land in this country is owned by the federal government. And... What happened to the, to the families out in, uh, in, in uh, Oregon is the federal government, BLM, Bureau of Land Management, and the FWS, Fish and Wildlife Service, they seized a ton of land and they forced people to sell, and they do it by cutting off the water and cutting off the grazing rights. And they seized the land all on behalf of the Indians, and the Indians could care <laughs> They were like, that's fine, but they're not doing anything with it. So it's just sitting there. Indians want it back. <laughs> yeah, and they ain't getting it. The government's <laughs> taking the land in right. for them, and they ain't giving it back to them. Mm -hmm. And so this, this family, who did a lot to save the forest earlier in their, in their, uh, in their land uh, ownership, but this time they got caught for 126 yards. Uh, they were back burning to keep 
grass fires from expanding in. They burned 126 acres, which in thousands of acres, of 126 acres. Acres ain't much. The they personally went in there and put it out. They did not use any federal money. There was not. They went in and put it out. So the Bureau of Land Management wants their property. So they came back and said, "Well, we're going to charge you for you know destruction of government property." Yada yada yada. The ju- local judge took a look at it and said, "Nonsense. We're not even going to charge you. We're not even going to fine you. Just let it go." Then the feds came back and charged them under the Terrorist Act. Huh. Terrorist Act for huh. back burning 126 acres. So that's when they said no, and the Terrorism Act was a, ma- a minimum of five years, maximum of death. Yeah. So they had to go to prison. So here's a father and a son that have to spend five years in prison. And I know you're a big champion of wrongfully imprisoning people. Absolutely. And five years now they have to go to prison, and I think, I think in the feds it's 85% they have to serve. Um, so now it's the mother and the wife are running the 6,000-acre ranch. They can't. And then, so the government said, in order to keep it at five years, we're going to make you sign a, a – we have the first right of refusal on the sale of your property because you're not going to be able to maintain it. Hmm. So er, you get the, the Bundy group and you get s- some other guys that go out there and they take over a bird sanctuary <laughs> that isn't even open. <laughs> I mean, now – but you know what, though? To me, if you're going to do that, and I've never been a fan of taking anything over. I've never been a fan of that. But they took over an inactive bird sanctuary where the building wasn't even occupied. Mm -hmm. They went in there and they took it, and these families were doing it because the ranchers out there are a very tight-knit group because that's all they got. And then the militiamen went out there, and they're going to do their thing with their guns. And they weren't even welcome. They didn't even really want them out there. but, But they're making their stand. But the whole idea is... It's wrong for doing what they're doing, in my opinion. But as long as it's peaceful and there's no violence, that's what the Constitution wants you to do. They really want you to. Martin Luther King was a master at doing that. Nonviolent, massive turnout. Of course, out there, the ranchers, you're not going to get a massive turnout. That's as massive as they could put together. So what are your thoughts about that? Wow. You you touched on a lot. Um I'll, I'll, I'll start here. Uh, what I would say is uh, what comes to mind is the, the, the wrong execution of the right idea. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I, from being in cigar shops as much as I am. Like, <laughs> you I, get a lot of opinions. I get a lot of opinions. I, so I, I feel like I have my finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ranchers, from, from the way I read it, it, everything was just like you said. I mean, you know, they went to court, they got the probation, something happened, and then uh, they were forced to go back and serve the time. Okay, we, I think everybody agrees on that. But like, like uh, your, your, uh, your radio partner here said, you know, it, it, the, the burning question in my mind is, if we're going to, uh, if we're gonna say like, hey, you know, here's the law, okay, and then we're gonna let this group over here skirt the law, uh, interpret the law to fit their agenda, then you have another group over here that's going to ask the same, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. they're going to ask the same question. Well, you know, if you're going to let these guys go over here and and put their nose up to the government, who, which I feel, uh, uh, their their, their overall mission, I mean, I'm not uh, too far away from them, but where it's kind of hard to get behind them, is especially in today's climate okay uh i'm I, and we've talked before mm-hmm. i'm pro second amendment you know i i i don't want to mess with anybody's guns but in today's climate where we have uh the, the shooting 
just a lot. I'm not. I can't name them all, but San Bernardino, Sandy Hook. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we have a lot of mass shootings. The church so, in Carolina. The, the church in South Carolina, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, when you have people who are taking a page out of Dr. King's book and say, hey, we're going to peacefully affect change, but then we throw firearms in there, and then let's just face it, we're talking about rhetoric. Sometimes, uh, Colonel, and, and I, I just turned 47, uh, one of Get the out things, of here. One of the things that, that I learned in life sometimes mm-hmm. is not so much what you say how you as say. much as how you say it. Right. And just like the, uh, the, the farmer bro, the guy who raised the price of the, um, the, the, the life-saving medication, right. he was well within his rights. I mean, he owned it. He owned the patent. He set the price. That's, that's and look capitalism. where he is now. <laughs> but it was, he, his downfall was when he thumbed his nose at the powers that be, the government, and, and almost dared him to do something about it. That's where in Oregon, you know, I think that's where the rift comes in. Uh, because, you know, just basically, uh, and it kind of goes back to the, the, the grazing cattle issue. At the end of the day, the story, when the chapter, when the story was written, the, it, the, the only headline that people remembered was these guys took up arms against law enforcement, law enforcement backed down. And I, I personally agree. I mean, being from the West, I mean, uh-huh. hey, you got cattle, it's public land. Why can't they graze on it? it? It's you know. But the Bureau of Land Management wanted that land. Exactly. But when the ranchers start almost daring the federal government with firearms, um, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think that do, sends the wrong message. Or do they do they lose their um, their support because of the way they're doing it? In other words, if, if they if they approach it a different way, do they have more the sympathy they of the rest of the country? They didn't start out with firearms. Exactly I don't believe. Saying. I don't believe they. I, I believe they started out. As just a bunch of farmers went in there and took it over. I don't think there were a lot of firearms involved until a later group decided to, to join in. And I think that's where you got the problem. Um, but that's, that's, a, that's a great point. But I think there comes a time, and, and if, you, if you read any of the, you'd re- read any of the founders' writings, they all had a same, pretty much a basically same theme, even though they, they had their major differences. They all had the same. They were very, very concerned about the government taking over and being the ultimate arbiter sure. of life. And so they put things in like the far, like the Second Amendment, like the First Amendment. If you look at the first ten amendments of the Bill of Rights, there's three of them that specifically want you to, to stand up sure. against a, a, a tyrannical government. And I think that is why I don't have a problem with the non-weaponized group that started out and if the weaponized if if you're going to get involved okay but if you the first time you fire a shot then look out then the, well, then, then why the bring military, the guns if you're not going to fire they should, a that's shot. it they, right. they should right. take them out that that's a that's a in, in debatable point because what's the point of a weapon if right. the, if there's not going to be some perceived thought of the weapon being used especially in today's court. you don't you don't just brandish a weapon for the sake of saying hey I've got a gun right well, here well i think what it is style over substance um, and which is very pervasive in our culture today it, it's counterproductive to the message of what they're trying to do at the end right. of the day at the right. end of you you've got me a guy here and i'm saying like hey i support these guys but it's hard to support somebody it's almost like the age-old question, you know, uh, do you still beat your wife? Well, if you never beat her, you're saying you're implying that you did, and if you did, you won't do it again. It, it's so, and I, Great I, I, have to, I have to agree that why, why bring them there? 
if you know, it just it sends a message. And then, uh, uh, furthermore, I think that you you back law enforcement into a corner. You do. You absolutely no do. You do. And and I think they've handled it great. Of course, they have Ruby Ridge and Waco that caused such a problem. I've heard that argument. Yeah, and and so they are backing off because, quite frankly, they're not doing anything. They're just they're just getting attention. I mean, like so many of the groups, and I don't care what group you choose, they all do one thing, and it's one thing to get attention to their cause, regardless of what their cause is. It's to get attention and how you go about getting that attention. But this is an extraordinarily serious case, and this is one you know. I know, Jane, once again, you will probably say, oh, get out of here, Colonel. <laughs> but they're not making not any progress on their on their. Well, they quest. are. I, you don't see uh, any type of invest. You, you don't hear any congressman calling for an investigation. You don't have any type of committee hearings on, on the issue. Um, I think because it's been drowned out and you don't see much coverage on the on the if you could you imagine could you imagine if this was a bunch of, of gun toting guys because it's not it there's just a few a small group that has the guns but they didn't get a lot of traction because they didn't have guns and the media doesn't care it's not big news to them it's huge news and this is where if I were to help our president, which, you know, I'm not no, a big not fan of helping him. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I would tell but him where he, could, <laughs> where he could really, really, really make a lot of points in his last year instead of using his phone and his pen and try to be as combative as he can going out. What if he were to step up and say, you know what? I'm going to commute the sentence of those people. I'm going to release them immediately. And I'm going, to, I'm going to ask the BLM and the FWS to allow the grazing privileges for all the ranchers out there because they are hardworking American citizens that need a break. And it's not affecting anything to do with the environment. It's not hurting anything to do. And I think that the president or some major political figure could step up and do that. I think they would win a huge huge pat on the back well i gotta jump in on that one. okay um and i, I knew this was going to happen because you and i have some great debate one um the the president has commuted uh, a lot of sentences mm -hmm. actually more than clinton and right and, and reagan and bush and uh and these were non-violent drug offenders he uh caught tremendous heat for doing those to, for commuting the sentences but nonviolent drug offenders are a different genre than people that have had their livelihoods stripped away from them that were hardworking Agreed. people. Agreed. But but nonetheless, I, I brought that up to say that the the right would say that that's showing weakness. That's you you've commuted some people. That's showing weakness. He did it anyway. So if he was to execute the idea you just put forth and uh -huh. say, hey, you know what? These these ranchers they aren't hurting anybody. Uh, let's commute the sentences and move on. Then uh, it opens up another can of worms as to whereas, well, um, you know, is he capitulating? Uh, is he showing weakness uh, just for the sake of political expediency? So it's a it's a catch twenty two. But if you're going to do it, which he obviously doesn't particularly care what the media or the the people think. That's debatable. You know, I I think that I think that he could really. If you wanted to look at it in a nefarious way, he could put a spike in, in, the, in, the, in the conservative heart by saying, 
okay, so you got on me about this, so now I'm doing it for something that you all believe in because I'm that open-minded. Now you're going to get on me? I think he would get the high ground. He would get the high ground with me. I would be more in favor of him doing something along the lines of establishing an investigation right. with seats on the committee for these ranchers right. to have them part of the process, include them Good into point. the process of deciding what went wrong here, what changes need to be made to the policy, what changes need to be made to the Bureau of Land Management, get their input. I, I think he would, he would be looked at more as the voice of reason, saying, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. But, but what do you do with, the, with those two guys? you keep them in prison for five years? No, while that's a separate issue. Yeah, yeah I, I, think it's, I, I think, I think you'd, you'd, you'd have to pardon them or parole them. I, I absolutely. In, I mean, in a show of good faith. It, because. Uh, they, have, uh, they haven't committed a violent act. Or prison that Martha Stewart went to. <laughs> 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 yeah, but unfortunately, they, they have to run that ranch. A 6,000-acre ranch is a pretty big ranch. And uh, mom and the, and the daughter are, are, are having a hard time out there. Sure. I'm sure they're getting a lot of volunteers. Because ranchers, you lived out in the oh, West. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're a very, the ranch. they're a very, very tight knit group of people and, and they really take care of each other they really do and that's what they want that's part of what they love about doing what they do um now i will take i will take a little we had this debate on <laughs> if, if it were all low-level drug dealers okay for, I not, not even dealers but I, low I level. Here we go. yeah i mean <laughs> I, I went over four of them last week that were that were involved with guns and, and you know and and this new law that's that's i think comes up this month i think it's I can't, 2031 or 2301, it's a Senate law. It's, it's in the Senate right now. It's coming before the Senate. They put it into this year um, where they want to, where, where the administration wants to back down the mandatory gun uh, sentences from 15 years to 10 years. Hmm. Now, to me, if it's, it's totally, and then the four people, that, the, the lady that held up three, uh, three banks in six months, with a 25, and she was supposed to get so many years for the bank robbery and then 15 years for the, and the president came in and commuted her sentence and said, you know, you're out. Uh, we're going we're gonna to say that you served your time and you're out. Now, here's a lady, used a gun three times to hold up a bank. Now, I don't care if she was, a, I don't care if she was freaking Mother Teresa in prison, okay? You can't have it both ways. Right. And, and, and as far as the low-level guys, you know, I want it to be understood that, and you know this, Jay. I mean, you're not a lawyer, but you've been known enough lawyers. Oh, sure, absolutely. And how many times do guys that commit major crimes go in there and plea down to the lesser crime for the, you know, for the plea down? Sure. I mean, plea bargaining is part of the that's the way it is. The honored yeah. uh, system most of the judiciary. Most cases don't go to trial. Yeah, and and so how many of those were? I mean, I I personally have tried to find how many people. We're spending hard time for smoking marijuana on the front porch. I, I, it's not, it's not the guy or the gal who's firing up a joint, uh, who's sitting on the front porch, who goes inside their house, or goes to a party and smokes up a doobie. I don't even do they use doobie anymore? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Now, now, now okay. marijuana okay. is genetically modified. Yeah, I don't know what they call it now. A joint is joint still. That's acceptable. Okay, I'm not in the I'm not in the vernacular. <laughs> but but you know, let it be said that these people who go to federal prisons are not people that have are two or three time offenders of smoking a joint in their car. It's not these guys and gals that go to federal time. Federal time's hard time. Sure. 
and that's 85. That's 85% you have to serve when you're under the federal guidelines. Um, so when you're, when you're commuting them and letting them out early, I have a problem with that. Now, I will say this. If, it's a, if there's a guy or a gal that's smoking a joint in their house and they're not selling and they're not providing it for the community, I got no problem with letting them out. I say absolutely. These are not. Especially the federal offenders. These well, are not. If I could, if I could jump <clears throat> sure. in on that, and there was a, uh, I think it's on Netflix, and I don't want to advertise on you guys' radio show. No, no, you go ahead. This, yeah. this is an open forum, man. Okay. Well, uh, l- let me say this. Uh, there was a episode of Vice. Uh, I had never watched the episode, but I. Kept... Is it a, ser- a, a, a sit? Is it a series that's? It's, it's more like uh, you remember. It's more like a news magazine, like Twenty okay. Twenty. All right. But All right. It, but it's on steroids to to meet the the audience of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I saw an episode of Vice to address the issue exactly what you're saying, uh-huh. and, and I just want to take one piece out. Sure, and, absolutely. What it is is. Um, again the, the the wrong execution of the right idea and what i mean by that is if you take an attorney goes mm-hmm. to law school gets out of law school practices law knows the ins and outs of law and advances in his career and his or her career and now they're sitting on the bench it's it's judge it's judge colonel you're here you paid the dues you know the insides the ins and outs of the legal system uh-huh. so now you're here um you you get a a, a willie horton type issue right where it really just galvanizes the public to right. say like hey enough's enough three strikes right. you're out right it sounded good at the time so now uh the guy the doobie the joint whatever he has so much you uh, knew a doobie whatever. though oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm right on the cusp <laughs> okay <laughs> but my, my my point being now this guy or girl finds himself like okay we've all been young we've all mm-hmm. made some dumb decisions mm-hmm. some of us get caught and some of us don't we live to tell the tale mm-hmm. so this individual gets caught up in the system mm-hmm. goes before the judge I think that a judge should be able to look at the merits of the case of the crime and look at it and make a professional legal opinion like you said, if I look down and I have two kids and this guy's been breaking in liquor stores and doing this, that, and the other, uh, you know what? You're going to get the full force of the law. I look at this kid over here and I say, yeah, you know what? He's first offender. He's got good grades in school. Da 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 da. And he swiped a pack of chiclets. But here's the deal: we, with the the war on on the war on drugs, has handcuffed the ability for good law to be implemented. So when you fast forward 10, 15 years, what you have is you have a prison full of people, and, and, and this is my fundamental personal belief. Mm-hmm. If I take somebody who's borderline bad uh-huh. and I put them around some hardened criminals, one thing I know for sure, they're when they come hardened. out, they're going to be hardened. So where I was, I was trying to, to, to uh, clean up the streets, where I had one bad guy, now I've got two. So then we get, we fast forward again to 2016, we have a bloated prison system because the mandatory minimums have, you know, the, the chickens are coming home to roost. I would rather go back, like this gentleman said, and let's just- Call him the Greek. Well, well I'm sorry, Greek, uh, I, and I know your face, I know your face. I, 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 it's I, a hard face to forget. I, I, have to, I have to agree with, with the Greek, you know, I mean, if, if, if we, in a bipartisan manner, sat down and said, we want a committee 
there's more than enough blame to go around sure. on the Republican side, Absolutely. Democrat side, but let's figure out how we, and I, I even think Bill Clinton came out and said he was wrong for the, the law that he signed that, with these mandatory minimums. I think if everybody gave uh, a chance to save face and say, you know what, we got this wrong in 1980 with the drugs, uh, let's see what worked, let's see what didn't work, and then let's don't have people going to do time for petty crimes. That's, that's, my, that's my take on it. Where I would have to draw the line and disagree to an extent would be where we draw the line with what a petty crime is. And I, I, my personal belief is if a gun is involved, mm -hmm. if you point a gun at somebody in the commission of a crime. Whether it's real or not. Or not. Well, right. it, it, you have to assume it is real if yeah. you're being victimized like that. But um, one, of the, one of the things that I've been a strong proponent of over the years in terms of curbing gun violence and gun-related deaths, in the, especially in the commission of a crime, obviously, is that if you use a gun to rob a convenience store, sure. it takes it to a different level than if you go in and just demand money or if you threaten someone with, with a different form of violence, that there has to be mandatory hard sentences involved for someone who threatens the life of someone Absolutely. else when they use a gun and and i have been a proponent of as much as a mandatory 40-year sentence for anyone that uses a gun during the commission of a crime if you're going to ask law-abiding citizens to compromise their second amendment rights for the greater good with back enhanced mm -hmm. background checks waiting periods etc i think it has to go hand in hand with much tougher sentencing for people who choose to use guns to commit crimes that 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 you you you've got a much more likely possibility of people saying yeah okay I'll go through an enhanced background check because I know that I'm okay but I also know that my government is really cracking down on the people who choose to misuse weapons interesting I uh, um wow because you figure how many crimes are used with a gun every day I think it just become it, it's become years, commonplace wow. now. Yeah. Every kid that wants to rob uh, somebody nowadays is toting a gun. Yeah. Be and 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 it, 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 you're starting with teenagers. Any every everybody that, that every crime you see on these these video surveillance cameras of convenience stores and, and liquor stores, everyone is now using a gun to commit these crimes. But if you look back, if you look back, guns have always been used in crimes. I mean, that's been the, that's been the major thing. Most mm. of the whole, if you go back to the 50s or 60s, most of you can't remember that. Yeah. But, <coughs> but I, there, just, I there weren't as many muggings where people were beat up. They weren't just threatened. Uh, they didn't just, uh, there were always people, of course, that did stick yeah. a gun in someone's face. But you had uh, muggings 30, 40 years ago were much more common where they hit you over the head or, or, or they just cold cock you and knock you down and take your wallet. Right. Yeah, that's uh, which is bad in yeah. and of itself. Right. But right. but if you if you walk up and threaten someone's life with a gun, I think that takes something to it. It takes it to a different level. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. This is great. It's time for the cigar break with Luscious Lou and Jay. I hope you'll come back in the second hour. I, I would love. It. I, I'll be here. Thanks for having us over, and I'll make way for Lou Ann. And uh, I, I look for thanks for the opportunity. I'll tell you what. Great welcome discussion. <laughs> Definitely appreciate it. Appreciate it. Jay Austin. Day. And I'm sorry for uh, not pronouncing your name, Greg. <laughs> It's the easy one to remember. So you know what? He would be the classic candidate for the bow tie life. Yeah, he he looks he he always styles. I do generally not. I wear a bow tie with a tuxedo and a, like a navy blazer. Uh, not so much with with suits and other type of sport coats, but with a, with a with a blue blazer or even a black blazer, I think a bow tie looks sharp. Jay may not 
change your political mind, but he might be able to change your style. Well, bow tie's a, a classic bit. look. Yeah, it really is. And we'll find Lou when she's uh, when she's available here. But uh, you're listening to What's Your Point. We're here live at Cutter Cigar. Lou, it is your time when you're ready. 